What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 42 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-hosts, KMA, Vinny, and Tilu. Exciting times. Little coaching carousel going on in the league right now. We're going to talk about the top free agents on the market, along with uh, guys picking their underrated free agent available here on the market so far. Finally going over the award finalists that will be announced next week. But let's check in with the fellas. Let's check in with uh, coacher, teacher, inspiration, KMA. How are you, pal? Doing good. We're facing a little adversity this week. Uh, a little under the weather. We got we're we're fighting a little head cold, um, but we're fighting through it. Oh. Fighting through it. We're here for the boys. So uh, yeah, just making our way through the week. Absolutely. I'm I'm so sorry to hear of that. I know that you are in the school setting. So thoughts and prayers to everybody around you. Germ Germ uh, germ, germ Nation, aka school. Vinny, what's going on? How are you? Well. I don't feel any head cold, um, so I guess that's a good thing, right? I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh, Kyle, what uh, what grades do you teach? So I'm over at the middle school um, here in Illinois. So I got grades six through eight. So right when they're hitting puberty, so it's a great great age to teach. Um, love and life, you know, nothing yeah. better. I, I if you would have said like elementary school or you know preschool, like those are probably just cesspools of germs and just you know. Couldn't imagine. Probably, probably would get sick. Absolutely, three times a year. So I tell you what, my first year teaching, like right out of college, I got sick like twenty times that year, just because I was in that setting for the first time ever. It was just one after another. It was ridiculous. How did you even do online? How how did it even work with online schooling? I think you told me this once, but how that how that work as like a gym teacher? Yeah, uh, it wasn't great. Um, we did like jumping jacks and shit, like through Zoom. So you can imagine how that went with kids in their bedroom trying to do PE. It was, it was yeah. Did they like did they like jump in like were they jumping like with their controller in their hand, ripping Fortnite, or <laughs> what were they doing? Yeah, a lot of them were like pretending to do stuff when they really weren't. Like I had some kids trying to exercise in bed, and I was like, I can clearly see you're in bed. So this is, <laughs> it was not a good experience. I uh, did not enjoy those yeah. times. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I knew about one kid that uh, when I was coaching, this kid told me that uh, he had a kid in his class that put up a recording of himself to the camera and it just <laughs> ran through a loop the entire day. And he was just in the background ripping Fortnite the entire time. Cheating. Clever. Yeah. Not going to lie. Kid's going to go a lot further in life than they yeah. can get A's. Just saying. Yeah, very just clever. saying, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, let's talk about craziness in itself, boys. The coaching carousel has just been. I don't really know the word to describe it. Ken Rosenthal made it a movie is kind of the best way to describe it. He tweets out that, you know, Craig Council is going to be going to a team that already has a manager. The Mets announced their manager. The Guardians announced their manager. And next thing you know, Craig Council is a Chicago Cub. And the Cubs have. Officially announced that as well. David Ross is out. Uh, Jed Hoyer actually flew down to Florida to let David Ross know he was completely blindsided, and I can only imagine. As Cub fans here on the podcast, besides KMA, we were Vinny. Love to hear your thoughts. I can probably predict right now what you're about to say, but pretty exciting stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just looking up um, all of that. I didn't see... Um, any, if there were any more hires, but, um, yeah, I mean, how can you not be excited? Right. I mean, Craig council proven, um, 
proven MLB coach and, um, you know, nothing against David Ross. I actually don't think David Ross did too bad of a job given, given the team that he had. Um, but you know, it seems like they want to take the next step. And I think that this is, um, you know, step one to getting there, right. They're, they're, I think going to make some moves this off season. Um, and I imagine that they would have had to go to him with a plan, right. Um, you know, he, he is the highest paid coach in the majors now, but at the same time, you know, they have to sell him right. Other than just the money. And I'm assuming they sold him on some sort of plan that they want to execute. And he seemed to like that plan. So I'm excited. I, I think it spells nothing but good things for the Cubs for the next five years. Yeah. Uh, Kame, an outsider looking in, what were your thoughts? Yeah, what a shock in the baseball world. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming um, anywhere. But, I, I mean, it, it's exciting for Cubs fans. You know what I mean? Like, this is a message from the front office saying, like, we're ready to compete. And we're going to compete for the next half decade or however, whatever your window is opening now, right? Um, I think this opened up a lot of opportunities in free agency and in the trade market. The Cubs are going to go for it. And I think as, as Cubs fans, you guys should be really excited. Because, I mean, I think I think – like I said, their window is opening right now, and I think good things are ahead um, for the Cubs. So happy for you guys. Um, sad, you know, it's on the uh, rooting for my crosstown rivals. You know, um, wish it was my team, but happy for you guys. Should be excited. Now, now take that answer, and now give us your real thoughts <laughs> in the most appropriate language used, just in case you do have student students listening to this. For example, I had a Cardinals fan today tell me you guys have a trash organization for doing this to David Ross. So I'd just love to hear your thoughts as well. No, those are honestly my thoughts. I don't I don't wow. think, I don't have any wrongdoings against the Cubs for getting rid of Ross and getting a better op- opportunity with uh, with counsel. I mean, like I said, the, the objective is to win the game, right? So they're going out, they're saying we're going to compete. We're going to try to win. So that's all you could want in an owner and a GM. So I don't hold any grudges against that from, uh, from that standpoint. Cubs struggled heavily this year in one run ball games. Vinny and I can both attest to that many nights of high stress. And, and, and really it was, it came down to the end based on the fact that our bullpen was absolutely washed and, and burnt out, but it wouldn't have gotten to that point if they would have won some of the games that they needed to in April and May. And, well, some of those were uh, applicable to the Brewers, and the Brewers, I believe, were twenty-one and ten this year in one-run ball games, and were incredibly successful at, at you know using all their resources and using them the right way. The Cubs, unfortunately, didn't didn't really put themselves in the right position in multiple scenarios. And David Ross, the player, needs to be separated from David Ross, the manager. As Cub fans, we can. There's nothing I cherish more than David Ross's home run against the Cardinals. And I believe it was game 158 or whatever of the regular season in 2016, where he hit the go ahead home run and the motion that the, that Wrigley had and everything that it brought to it. You have to separate that. And as a manager, he made decisions that were not right for this ball club and lineup decisions that made you scratch your head. So Overall, as a Cub fan, I can't express how happy I am about this. Now, if they are the real deal and they and they truly are going to go spend, go spend and, and don't hold back. And I think that leads into our conversation here uh, in a little bit with the top free agents. 
But uh, we also saw some moves with Carlos Mendoza to the Mets. He served as the Yankees bench coach at, uh, for the last four seasons. And then Stephen Vogt, former big leaguer, to the Guardians as their new manager after Terry Francona hung up, uh, hung up the cleats. Retired as a player after the 2022 season. He spent the 2023 season as a bullpen and quality control coach with the Mariners. There's a lot of titles now with the MLB. I'm never, I didn't know there was a quality control coach. What does that even mean? Thoughts, Kimmy? Your guess is as good as mine. I have no Okay, clue. good. Yeah, yeah, and we're all on the same page. Uh, anything else there, boys? I mean, that, that can be an entire episode in itself on how this all went down, but was there any other thoughts there? Yeah, uh, surprising hire for me, um, the vote hire. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no, yeah. no managerial experience. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought the Guardians would maybe go for a guy with a little more experience, but uh, they obviously like what they heard in the interview process, so we'll see how it, how it turns out. Yeah, and do you mind, as long as we're talking about this too, like, and hopefully we have a little more time, right? Is sure. the the hiring of Craig Council has shifted the landscape of hiring managers in the MLB, right? He signs the most expensive deal, and I think it's like double a year what any other manager in the league is making. So the landscape has changed. Hiring a manager now for the rest of this off season is not going to be as easy as some teams maybe thought it was going to be. And I'm curious as to if you guys had thought about it all, like, is this a good shift for general manager? I'm sorry, I guess be coaches. Is this a good shift for coaches? Um, you know, as we move forward or, you know, something that I thought of is maybe the reason why the coaches are so underpaid is because analytics do so much legwork now that, you know, their decision-making doesn't come into play. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about, you know, how this has shifted the landscape and what we might expect to see or or anything like that? Yeah, um, I'd love to jump in there. So what I what I when I was doing my research about this topic, one of the things that's being discussed around the league right now, of course, is that younger coaches are being brought in. We don't see as many older managers because they require a larger spend. So they're able to throw more money into their analytical department and then having to avoid throwing those costs towards one individual person. So they're able to spread out those costs across the board. So now with the fact that you have invested so much into one coach, these smaller market teams are it's going to be more and more difficult for them to be able to grab solid managers and they're going to have to stay with the analytical standard the analytical base uh, system that they currently use versus these big market teams that are able to afford these managers because the cubs hired david ross with no managerial experience and you saw what happened and we've seen now with the top managers in the league or the or the top teams in the league experienced managers along with the teams that are successful in the playoffs long long standing managers in themselves so i personally think that it is an amazing thing because hopefully now we can start to keep these managers in longer and we're not relying solely on analytics to get through baseball games because a lot of these decisions have cost teams a lot of success we saw it with the rays with kevin cash and we saw some things here in the playoffs as well so I hope this is a good trend moving forward. Kimmy? Yeah, I, I think you hit on a good point. I, I agree with your with your standpoint there. Um, I think, you know, you can't treat baseball players like robots, like they're analytics pieces, right? So I think there's a human aspect. And like you said, experience matters, right? You've seen Bruce Bochy, who's been there before, who has really been there before and was able to kind of maneuver his way through those playoffs, right? Making the moves he did. Um, he was able to kind of, mix and match the way that he wanted to 
I think with different guys around the league too, like a Craig Council, like he has that experience. He has those chess pieces that he can move now. Um, like I said, I, I just don't think you can treat the players as robots. I don't. I do think the game is very analytics heavy. So it'd be good to see guys with more experience, like you said, kind of maybe shift away from that just a little bit. Analytics are obviously still important, but I'm just going to get off of that just just a hair. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point, Vinny. Anything else there on on the manager carousel? Yeah, no, I just wanted to, you know, bring up the fact that, it, you know, we haven't seen a shift like this. And I, I thought it was kind of crazy as I read more into it, you know, that it, it it's more, it, it's, what's the word? Not, I mean, fiscally, but it financially makes more sense for coaches to take college jobs rather than MLB jobs because they're just, there's more money in college jobs, which is just nuts to me, right? These, these, um, you know, MLB teams just, it's money, right? There's there's so much money involved in them, and you you can't pay them as much as a college coach. It just it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so I'm I'm kind of happy to see that shift. Um, and I'm I think what will determine good coaches is when we can see, you know, maybe this comes with experience, like you guys mentioned, but when a coach knows when to go with analytics, and when a coach knows when to not go with analytics, and knows when to um, you know, listen to the game rather than than the numbers coming at him. So just excited to see um, counsel in action and up close. And um, yeah, just a lot going on in the managerial world. And I'm excited to see who gets hired and for how much next. So that's all. Baseball dropped the bomb, man. They dropped the bomb right after yeah. the season. And the man just started the hot stove on a on, on, on a level that we haven't seen. Right. So, yeah, very cool. Let's talk about top free agents, fellas. Of course, number one on the board being Shohei Otani. Um, everyone's talking about him. Everyone's pointing to whatever team he's going to go. Uh, according to uh, Spot Track, which is seems to be uh, a little bit more conservative uh, with their numbers so far. So, let's see what they are projecting for him at this point. Let's see. Can we, do you want to make, Kyle, you want to make predictions? Yeah, we can do that. What do you okay, think? perfect. You want to lead off? I'm gonna say, and I, you know, I don't know how aggressive they're gonna be, but this is my own. I think that they're gonna give 80 percent to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, that's my prediction too. Um, Los Angeles Dodgers is always my pick. It seems like they've been saving money, right? Like since last offseason, they haven't gone all in. It almost seems like they're kind of waiting for the Shohei contract, um, kind of waiting for that for that to, to kind of come into play. Um, so that's my prediction as well. That's been my prediction throughout the season as well. I think Dodgers is the best fit. Um, I think they have the money to do it. You know, obviously they always spend money. Um, and that's kind of my pick. Yeah. Tilu. Um, I think my only, it, it's almost it's it's even hard to pick another team at this point because it just seems like that we talked about it uh, on, on one of the previous episodes where it's a team that has underperformed in the playoffs the last couple of years. They really haven't put out – they didn't put out a star-studded lineup last year. There was a lot of guys kind of meshed together that just went with the Dodger way and found out a way to win the you know win the title uh, in the in the NL West. I just think he's going to be a West Coast guy. And and like the Cubs, now of course everybody and their mother thinks that they're going to go get Shohei Otani because of their Craig Council hire. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't see that happening. And I think that the West Coast thing does does drive him that way. I'm thinking either Dodgers or Giants. Next to ask is San Francisco. Do you think they'll? Because San Francisco has been runner ups on so many. You know, Aaron Judge and and uh, you know Carlos Correa. I guess I don't know if you count that one, but there's another one. So they've been runner ups for a while. Maybe they they actually you know hit something. But I yeah. I will say too, I don't think the Cubs is super far fetched. I can see them making a realistic push for him. Um, not saying that they're going to sign him necessarily, but I think they do their homework. I think they're in contact with his reps. Just kind of see if they can get it done. I mean, like I said, they're opening their window. They're ready to win, man. That Craig Council move proved it. So they're they're ready to get after it. Couldn't doubt. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. And and we could I know we've talked about making a Shohei episode and what that looks like. It's just, you know, he's the great he's the greatest baseball player to ever live. And there there's just no there's no judgment. There's no, you know, discrepancy there. Like he is the greatest baseball player that's ever lived. So wherever he goes, I hope that he gets paid what he is going to do for the market. I hope he gets every penny because he deserves it. Um, they aren't. It's funny because they have all for spot track. They have all these numbers for all these other guys. Uh, they can't figure out what it will be for Shohei. They still. <laughs> oh, you mean like out. money wise? Yeah, like market oh. value because they're just like, what is this even worth? I, I mean, really, was... like where he's going to go, not how much he's going to make. I, I mean, I can almost guarantee, I almost guarantee that if he gets $600 million, it's going to be worth it in the long run. I it's, it's, you hand him a blank check. You say, what do you want? What do you think you're worth? We'll, we'll get as close as we can to that number. I mean, you give him all of the reins in my opinion. Yeah. So, so on baseball reference, they're predicting 12 years, 528 mil. Which that I, sounds too low. If I honestly, it's, I don't know. It is. It I was the same thing. They're lowballing. I think. Yeah. And then people I are mean, like, "Oh, because he got injured, you know, with his with his arm, it's going to lose value." I'm like, "He's out for a year." And every guy has a Tommy John surgery hitting. these days. He's still hitting yeah. next year. Like, and he's probably going to put up 20 stolen bases, 30 stolen yeah. bases. Like this guy is a freak. So he's going to get whatever he wants. The another guy though, um, from Japan. That is uh, that has been such an intriguing conversation is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. 25 year old right hander debuted in the MPB, which is the Japanese Baseball League in 2017. He plays for the Orcs Buffaloes. His MPB 2023 stats 17 and 6, 1.16 ERA with a 0.86 whip, 176 strikeouts to 28 walks over 171 innings. His career stats he's 68 and 29 with a 1.84 ERA, 910 strikeouts to 204 walks over 883 career innings. Some of the accomplishments, which is even more ridiculous, he's only He's only one of two other pitchers with at least 880 innings in the history of the MPB, maintaining a career ERA below two, one of those being you Darvish. So he's a one of three guys, excuse me. He's thrown two no-hitters in two consecutive seasons, and I believe he's thrown four in his career. He has won three straight uh, Sewamura Ra, I apologize, I probably butchered that, awards, basically the equivalent to the Cy Young Award. He's also won the pitching triple crown for the third straight season. Why leave? And and if you <laughs> saw his if you saw his last start, he threw what was it 139 pitches, complete game, 13 strikes, just Dice unbelievable, dudes, man. unbelievable. Dicing up dudes. This is uh, his, his pitching arsenal. Uh, contains four four seam fastball, two seam fork ball, curveball, cutter, and slider. I've seen fork ball 
and a splitter kind of be thrown out there. But they call it a forkball in this particular article. His best pitches are, of course, his fastball, forkball, splitter, and curveball. Fastball, fastball, velo ranges between 95 to 97. He can top 98. Now, this is where it gets pretty ridiculous. Hitters hit just 176 against his forkball, holding a batting average of 172 with a 22.8% whiff rate. Did I write that? Hitters just hit. Just, okay. He, I, okay. Sorry about that. Hitters hit only 172 against his forkball and have a 22% uh, whiff rate. So he uses his fastball, forkball, predominantly as his main pitches, along with the curveball. This kid's legit, man. This kid is this absolutely legit. They're saying over 200 million for him. They think that he's going to break Tanaka's record of 170 million. Vinny, I'll turn it over to you, pal. I know that you were very excited to talk about this guy. Um, but what has been sort of your experience with your research on this guy? I mean, it's it's just that he all signs point to to up. I mean, he is as good as, of a an international player as you're ever going to find. Um, I'd be curious to know how his stuff. You know, we talked about Senga when Senga came over his ghost forkball. I'd be curious to know how the stats um, vary there, but. He, he just he's dominated and and one of my favorite things about him besides all the accolades is if you watch or remember in the world baseball classic like he's just not scared of the moment either right he's he's ready to go and so i mean if you're any team and you can afford it you're you're going to go after him if you i'm i'm almost guaranteeing that you know 25 to 30 teams are going to be looking to sign him um, you know, if, if you're not, you're probably the Oakland Athletics or something like that. So anyone who needs a pitcher and has a pulse is going to be going after this guy. And he's going to slot in as almost every team's ace barring, I don't know, maybe the Yankees if they sign him and Garrett Cole. But he steps in as an SP1 or high, high-end SP2. So just super excited. And I can't wait to see him dicing up some hitters next year in the, in the majors. Crazy. Crazy. Kodai Senga in, in his 2022 season in the MPB was 11 and six with a 1.94 ERA, 156 Ks to 27 walks and 144 innings. So better season from Yamamoto and relating it to directly Senga because of that ghost ghost splitter. Same goes for for this guy as well. KMA, is this sort of this is kind of your first time really kind of d- diving deep in this guy, or, or have you heard anything else about him? Yeah, I've seen his stats. I can't say I've seen him pitch much outside of the WBC, um, but I would say his nasty stuff, you know, stats are really good. I, I agree with Vinny. I'm always curious to see not just this guy, but anybody who comes over from overseas, I'm curious to see how that transfers into the into the major league game here in, here in the U.S. Um, but, you know, the size of the limit, as we saw, he's got nasty, nasty stuff. So, like Vinny said, starting pitcher one, starting pitcher two, a lot of teams are going to be excited to kind of get this guy on their radar. The hardest they, thing to do about all this, boys, is is predict where they're going, right? Because you think about it, uh, Gordon Whitmire, who was on the uh, Vince's favorite show, uh, Cap uh, with David Kaplan, <laughs> uh, that's a joke. But Gordon Whitmire made a great point. He said, you know, there are a lot more teams next year that are going to be competing for this expanded playoff format, right? So now, teams that kind of didn't maybe have a plan at all to to look at these free agents with this expanded format are, are having a better chance. And we saw what happened when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. So, 
Yamamoto is probably on the radar for a lot of teams. I've seen him mainly connected with the Mets. Um, you see him connected with the Yankees. There's been multiple GMs that have gone over to Japan to watch him. So this one is really difficult to predict. I'm actually going to throw it out there that I see him going to the Cubs more than Shohei, a lot more than Shohei. Um, but we kind of love to hear if you guys have any kind of wild predictions or, you know, regular standard. Yeah, I have a hot take. Um, how about the Detroit Tigers? Uh, with Rodriguez leaving, they need a guy at the top of that rotation. We saw flashes from the Tigers last year. They played really well, played really good baseball for periods of time. Um, and they ended up finishing, I think they were third in the division behind the Guardians and the Twins. Um, and they're pretty close to passing the Guardians there too. So I, they have pieces in place. They've kind of been one of those up-and-coming teams, right? We're kind of waiting for them to take that next step. This might be the next step that they take to kind of really try and compete in an AL Central that's very winnable, as we've seen. So it's a hot take. But I love the sneaky team, that, though, that, that you because you did because K May just did his wonderful, you know, no no problem K May prediction uh, that he always does. But that is a really sneaky team. I love that. I love that pick, K May. Vinny, what about you? I the more I think about it, the more I love it because of that Tigers pick. Um, if you, you know, they have so many young guys who just look like they're ready to go. Um, you know, you had some fun names. Parker Meadows came up out of nowhere. You had, um, you know, obviously Torkelson, Riley Green. They got young pieces ready to play. And my favorite part is that Tariq Skubal really came into his own. Like, he looks like a potential nasty. ace, too. He is nasty. nasty. So you have one of the best one, too. It did probably... In that division, right? I would say that that's the best one, two in that division. I'm not missing anyone, am I? Right? You got you got Cease, and then you got Kopech, right? Am yeah. I wrong, KMA, or is that pretty much the one, two right now? That yeah, yeah. Guardians would have. Um, I mean, I guess Bieber, but I. I know it's a little weird right now. Bieber and McKenzie. I mean, I don't know. McKenzie, yeah, he's yeah. he's doing all right. The Royals, the Royals have Cole um, Reagan's, Cole, Cole Reagan's, but the, but the, but nothing, but but, but nothing else. Nothing yes, yes. So so I mean, they're again, they're you know, we could talk about them. We'll, we're, what we're looking we'll, to do, we'll too, do deep dives, but yeah, I, I like think we'll, so I'd like sorry. to do a deep dive on each individual team as we proceed, you know, up to the regular season. But so I'll, I'll finish my I because I, I just want to point that out. I'm sorry, I don't know if you were asking me for my Yamamoto pick or just what like give us give it give it to us. Well, I had said it last time, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guns. Um, it, that he's gonna, because here's here's something that I think we don't take into consideration too is if I'm Yamamoto, I want to go to Shohei or I want to go to Yoshida, right? People who have made the jump or Kodai Senga and say, hey, what did you learn? What did you think? And my my assumption is if he goes to Shohei, and Shohei's like, hey, these Dodgers, they're gonna sign me would you want to come with me? Like he, he has a potential in there too. I'm still sticking with it that the Dodgers are ready to go. They, like Kyle said, they've saved up. They didn't spend it all last year. They're, they're going to sign both. So that's Kershaw my comes bold the prediction. Books, yep. yep. Kershaw's off. So yeah. bring him in. Be we'll the, be the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm looking forward to it, boys. It's oh, it's going to be crazy. Um, Some other, Top names on the market here, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Sonny Gray, Matt Chapman, Josh Hader, Clayton Kershaw was voted as a top 10 free agent. I'd put Jordan Montgomery in there over him, in my personal opinion. 100%. 
I, I was kind of shocked a little bit by that. But again, again, it's every single website will have different picks. Um, I think Blake Snell is a really intriguing target. 14-9 and record this past year, 2.25 ERA, 32 starts, over 180 innings. It's a second 200 strikeout season with 234 strikeouts. His past season last was in 2018 when he had 200 strikeouts and a 1.19 whip. One of the nastiest curveballs in the game. If he has that going, he's practically unhittable. The only problem with Blake Snell is, is he can he can lose control. Right? Now, this season, the stats don't say that. They are uh, pretty loud in the fact that, uh, that that take is very, very wrong. But I know that is something that has hindered him in the past. Vinny, as a fellow Southpaw, do you love Blake Snell? And do you love seeing him get a big contract? Or do you think teams should be very conservative with how much money they're giving this guy? Yeah, so if the Cubs sign Blake Snell, it better be pretty cheap because I'll be honest. I mean, he kind of makes sense for the Cubs, a team like the Cubs with a good defense, but I just don't believe that the Blake Snell that we saw last year in his Cy Young year, I just don't believe that that's him long-term. I think you're going to get more of the, you know, the years that he had in 2022 or 2021 where – he just he walks way too many and it comes back to bite him. Um, and it's too bad because I, I really think when he's on, his stuff is nasty. But I think you had said it too. I mean, I don't remember know what his ERA was, but a one two whip for a guy who is a, a Cy Young finalist, I think that's pretty high, right? And he also led the major leagues in walks this year and he led the major leagues in um, walks per nine. So it's just, I. I can't fathom giving ace amount of money to a guy who's going to put more base runners on than, than more than half of the pitchers in the league. So that's just my, my two cents. Yeah. Okay. Maybe before I turn it over to you, um, really nice quote here written durability is a bit of a concern through 20, uh, 2018 and 2023 were the only years Snell logged at least 130 innings that year that he also threw 200 over 200 strikeouts, both because of injury illness and, because he rarely lasts into the seventh inning of a start. So if we were to put him up against other pitchers, like let's say Aaron Nola, in your opinion, KMA, are you giving your money towards Aaron Nola or are you giving it to a guy like Blake Snell? Uh, definitely Aaron Nola. I mean, for the reasons you guys mentioned, um, control is an issue, staying healthy is an issue. I think Aaron Nola in the long term is a better pitcher overall and a better investment, um, in my opinion. Make no mistake about it. I think Blake Snell still has a couple of good seasons left in him. I think he like like we talked about, he has good stuff. So I think he goes to a contender. I think a contender is going to shove out some money for him, and I think we'll get a good payday. And maybe he does have a good season or a good couple seasons. The question for me is how many years does he get? Um, that'll be kind of interesting for me to see. Does he get a five or six year deal, or is it kind of a shorter two or three year deal with maybe an opt out in there somewhere? Um, you know, just because of what we talked about, right? The durability issues, um, the control issues, just not being very consistent throughout his career. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of what the structure looks like for the contract that he does eventually get in my eyes. Yeah. Think about it too, fellas. Shohei's not a pitcher this year, so he doesn't set the market for pitchers, right? So you only got, you got Aaron Nola, you got Blake Snell, you got Jay Mott, you got Eduardo Rodriguez. Yamamoto, I would kind of put as an outside figure in that realm because we're we're comparing only MLB-based pitchers. 
Nola, though, in my opinion, is a guy that you give as much as you want to. Okay, since the beginning of 2021, only Garrett Cole and Sandy Alcantara have logged more innings pitched than Nola's 579 innings. The guy's a workhorse, man, and he's just a guy that we saw that he's there in the playoffs. He's available, and he's he's ready to go. Uh. I don't think really there's much else to go into. Cody Bellinger is a really intriguing topic. You know, he had an unbelievable year, of course, uh, named the NL Lee, NL uh, Comeback Player of the Year uh, with 307, 356, 881 uh, slash line. Sorry, that's not – I wrote that down wrong. I apologize. 881 OPS slash line with 26 home runs, 97 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. Really quickly before we get into our uh, underrated free agents, Vinny – as a Cub fan, do you want him back? Would you pay the man as much as you want, or are you getting a little, little? Let's let's not go too crazy here. I let me give you a brief timeline. When they first signed him for the the year deal, I was like, "That's way too much money. He's not worth it." Mm-hmm. Then towards the end of the season, he turned me into a believer. I was like, "You know what?" he must have figured something out. He's doing something different because he just, he looks like a totally different ball player. He's, you know, I, I think he's figured it out and I think he healthy. likes playing in Chicago. He's healthy. healthy That's too. huge. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and so he had turned me into a believer. The only problem that I think comes from the Cubs and Cody Bellinger is position. I, I don't think that he wants to play first base, but I think first base is where their biggest hole is first base third base and i if he doesn't want to play first base i would rather pay you know i would love to see the cubs go get reese hoskins and i would love to see the cubs go get matt chapman and fill both corners because those i think are their two biggest gaps if we have to roll with pca and center field and some you know i don't know if they bring back like Talkman or something like that, but somebody else and said, I, I fully believe that PCA can make an impact and he's obviously got a great glove out there. If that's all he's good for, then, then we'll take it. Um, so I would love to see the Cubs get him, but only if he's going to play first base because if he plays center, he's going to block a really talented young guy. And, you know, I just, for the amount of money that's going to cost him, I would rather see them fill a hole that they need and, and, and maybe go get JMO or Aaron Nola. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. That's the way that I look at it too. If you sign Cody, you're trading PCA for a big timer, yeah. big yeah. timer. I, I, I truly, I, I do see, I do this, uh, see that happening. Kame, uh, outsider looking in though. I mean, do you think Cody is worth every dollar? Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer of like, if you prove yourself on a prove a deal as Bellinger did, you should get rewarded for that. Right. So he obviously, you know, showed out, he proved himself, proved his value. So I think he, he does deserve a big contract. Um, will it be with the Cubs? I don't, no, probably not at this point, I'd, I'd say. Agreed. Um, you know, maybe the Yankees make some sense. Maybe the Giants. We talked about the Giants a little bit earlier. They can make mm-hmm. some sense, too, if he decides to go back out west. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, he, he proved his value. So I'm all for him getting paid, and I am all for him deserving the contract that he's going to get. Great job, boys. Great job on the breakdowns. Let's pick uh, really quickly our underrated free agent. For me, I have Eduardo Rodriguez, 13-9 with a 3.30 ERA this past year, over 26 starts, 143 strikeouts, over 152 innings with a 1.15 whip. He opted out of his deal with the Tigers, which I believe was two to three years left, uh, at a decent cost. And I think what he saw was, 
like we said earlier, this market for pitchers is sort of limited with what you have. And I think that his value is much higher than it would be if he were to opt out in a different year or be when he comes out of that deal with the Tigers. That's my pick for an underrated guy. And I honestly, if the Cubs didn't have three guys that are not necessarily big strikeout guys, he would be on my list of a guy that I want. The Cubs, unfortunately, though, they need to find somebody that misses bats. KMA, what about you, brother? I got a guy by the name of Michael A. Taylor on the market. Um, interesting name. Um, so he, the average was down this year. He only hit 220. However, career high in home runs. He had 21 home runs, 51 RBIs, 13 stolen bases. Um, excuse me. Add some pop where, you know, maybe he didn't have, he kind of untapped that potential. They didn't have earlier in his career. A team that I think would really make sense is the Arizona Diamondbacks, especially if Gurley walks. I think he'd plug right in in left field and be a really good addition for them. Add a little pop in the middle of that lineup, and he can still play that style that they like, right? That kind of speed, that kind of grindy style that we saw in the playoffs. Um, I think that'd be a good fit there. Fantastic pick. Fantastic pick. Vinny, what about you, brother? Yeah, great choices by both you guys. Um, love the Eduardo Rodriguez. I thought of him. I also thought of Reese Hoskins and uh, Matt Chapman because I think they're they have great potential. But I am going to say someone who has been near and dear to my fantasy heart and has broken my heart so many times. But I'm just going to keep buying back in because I love the guy. It's it's Mr. Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, I hated him when he was wow. on the Cardinals. Absolutely. You know, I did not like him, but former top guy, former top prospect who just he was riddled by injuries. And finally, when he came back, he just has not pitched how he was expecting to pitch. If he goes to a team, if I'm the Tampa Bay Rays, who I, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays know how to make pitchers, right? They have a better IL staff than any team maybe has in the majors right now, right? So they're getting Shane Boz back this year. They're getting Taj Bradley for a full year. So they have the potential to really have a very deep rotation. Jack Flaherty just makes too much sense. If they can figure him out and, you know, even use him as a middle reliever or something like that. But even if Flaherty goes to another team, like I see the Pirates are are potential buyers for him or the Nationals, and they just let him get to throw, I I could see him really surprising a lot of people and and turning one of these teams into a, a real contender or helping them. And, and if he doesn't even go to the Rays or a top contender, at least put him on a team where they're actually going to let him pitch the entire year. And he just got crucified in St. Louis, understandably so, because he was not good. But then he went to the Orioles, and it was like, if you're not, if you're not able to perform, you're automatically in the bullpen because we, we're, try, we're in a playoff race. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you know he's a guy that had – I thought for sure was going to be the future ace of the Cardinals. I, I was almost positive that was going to be the case. And unfortunately it, it didn't work out. He had Wainwright right there too, to use as a, a veteran leader, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Uh, shout out CM with Randall Gritchick. Uh, hilarious uh, because that is, that is the CM that we know and love uh, throwing it out for the rocks. So, um, okay. Well, Fellas, looking at the uh, last topic here of Gold Glove Award or Gold Glove Award winners, you know the uh, the main group, of course, with the Cubs having the three up the uh, the two up the middle with Swanson and Horner and Happer in left. Some other surprises as well, but I think what's more uh, fun to talk about, of course, are the award finalists. Okay, there's a long list that we can go through and make all our predictions. I think it's going to take a little bit too long, so I think we stay with some of the hot topics, okay? 
NL Cy Young, Zach Gallen, Blake Snell, and Logan Webb all had, of course, tremendous years. They would not be in this discussion if they didn't. But Blake Snell's 1.20 whip, which was something that I was going to bring up, Vinny, that I thought was a little uh, shaky in itself. Zach Gallen on that list, uh, who was star-studded the entire year. Justin Steele was a part of that group at one point as well. Uh, Vinny, who are you going with? What are you feeling? Um, yeah, give me one sec because I just You're want to double stats. check. I, I just think want to make sure. I think K-May's feeling, feeling it right now. K-May, who do you got? What do you got, Kyle? Uh, I got Zach Allen out of the three of those guys. Um, in the first half, he was just super dominant. Um, he struggled a little bit down the stretch in the second half, but I think overall he was clearly the best pitcher in the NL. Um, so I give the nod to him. He's a, he's a clear ace of the Diamondbacks, ace hopefully for years to come for them. Um, so I give the nod to him. Also want to give a shout out to CM. If you remember Tilu, when we did our preseason podcast, he picked um, Logan Webb to be the, the preseason Cy Young. He was one of the finalists. So great pick by CM. Shout out to him. Just wanted to give him a little shout out. I, I, what a- I, as as a as a host of the show, I maybe should have gone back to that and looked back and done my homework. But that's you know that's why that's why I have you in my life, K May. Vinny, go ahead. What a what a pick by by Christian, right? To pick Logan because Logan Webb is probably not someone that is on a lot of people's radar when they think of Cy Young. Um, but ground ball machine, if, man. If I'm being honest, I mean, I, I definitely think Zach Allen was the best as far as stuff goes. But if you want to talk about consistency, I mean, Logan Webb throughout the entire year was just he was on it and he was always keeping the team his team in the game. Finishes with a 3.25 ERA and a 107 whip. That's the lowest mark, um, or the whip is the lowest of the three. Um, and it's just, I, I could see it going either way, right? He he did throw two complete games this year as well, which I think is nothing to scoff at, right? Considering like we've talked about, they pull pitchers pretty early. So all of this long-winded to say, if I'm picking, I'm probably taking Gallon, um, but just know Logan Webb. If Logan Webb does sneak in and win it, I won't be surprised. I will be shocked though if it's Blake Snell because I again I just I can't buy into the guy who's going to walk more batters than than anyone in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Gallon seventeen and nine on the year with a three point four seven ERA over thirty four starts, two hundred ten innings, two hundred twenty strikeouts, and a one point one two WHIP. That's a hell of a year. That is a hell of a year, and I'm really hopeful that he does get it as well. So I have Zach Gallon as my pick there. I think the other one that's a really testy topic is the NL MVP. Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Freddie Freeman, all three are deserving. It's not It's not like, okay, this guy was kind of – he was there. No, the all three are, are well well-deserved of the award. I'm going Acuna based on the fact that um, – uh, while I know Shohei Otani is the best player in the world, I put Acuna number two in my personal opinion. But let's start with you, K-May. Who are you picking out of that group? I agree with you. It's Acuna for me. Um, a 40-70 season might not ever happen again. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen again. Just incredible. Um, it was from start to finish, too. Like He never really slumped throughout the year. It was, he had some downsides, but he never really went through a true slump. Um, he was there from the start of the season to the end. So he carried that team, put them on, put them on their back. Obviously that his season didn't turn out the way they wanted it to get knocked out in the NLCS there. Um, but I agree with you. It's Acuna for me. Yeah. The number that sticks out to me for Acuna 
is 149 runs scored. Like you just, you, those are video game numbers to finish with a 337 average, 106 RBIs, and 149 runs scored. That's almost one a game. It's insane. <laughs> that is insane. So, Crazy. yeah, I mean, Mookie, hats off. You had a phenomenal year. Any other year, you probably win this, but it's not any other year. It's Acuna's year. Yeah, so I um I did say that uh, it was pretty close across the group, and then after this, I completely regret that thought. So uh, we're all going to Cunha. Yeah, good job, Ty. All right. So besides that, fellas, I, there's other topics that we can discuss, but we're coming up here on the mark. Anything else here, KMA? Before we uh, before we sign off, I got nothing for the people. It's been fun. It's been real. Well done, Vinny. I did want to touch on one thing because I'm sorry. I know you, you had brought up the gold gloves. I'll be quick. Um, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Kibrian Hayes. Like he deserves a round of applause. He unseated Nolan Arenado for the gold glove at third base. The first time anyone's done that in 11 years, just, I mean, he hasn't had the offensive prowl that he was, has been hoping for. I think that's coming very, very soon. So keep an eye on, on Brian Hayes, but absolutely stellar defense from him in order to, I mean, Nolan Arenado is a first ballot hall of famer, I think, or, or very close to it if he isn't already. Um, so just good on Brian to, to do that. Great shot. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to shout him out. Cause that's awesome. That is, that is absolutely outstanding. Well, wonderful job, fellas. This has been another edition of the Big Fly Pod. And uh, to everyone that tuned in, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you here again soon.